Hi everyone. We're recording our first episode in more than a month. Not yeah. about a month. Two. Yeah, a month and a bit. And what are we listening to right now? We're listening to Who Run the World. I'm your co-host Marilyn with my co-hostess with the mostest and your best friend and, and my your best sister friend. and the best person you know, Rayushi. Who's that? It's me. I don't know that person. Oh, there's a lot of nicknames. I know. Ray has been getting upset at me lately because I've been using new nicknames. He called me normally Rayos. Then you start calling me Ray-Z. And then what's next? Rayush? Rayushi? What is this? God, no. And we all know that it's been a difficult month. That yes. There's a lot of changes. So I don't know if I can handle... Ray has been getting upset at me. ...of nicknames. Right. So we're going to just go back to being exclusively Rayos. Unless I'm teasing her. So it's on the mic. It's on the mic. It's on the mic. Fantastic. So, um, where, where have you been the Where last have you month? been? I've, I've been around. Right. So for those of you who might be living under a rock and don't know that we're Lebanese, uh, Ray and I are both Lebanese. And for those of you who, are, who have dug a channel under that rock and don't know about what happened in Beirut in the last um, month, a little recap, August 4, 6 p.m., explosion in the port, Biggest explosion, fourth biggest explosion now, I think, yeah. officially uh, in recorded history in a city. Huge damage to Beirut. Over 200 people passed away. Way more than that now. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what the latest count was. Um, 300,000 yeah. people displaced, countless windows and doors and homes, th- homes broken. Hospitals. Um, I think they estimated in the billions the, the reparation. I think it was like the last estimation was what, like... I'm going to butcher this number, so I'm not going to say. I think it's four or five billion. Originally, they had said 15, but I've seen four to five being thrown around these days. Either way, more money than Lebanon has. Yes. And um, yeah, and so this last month has been... First of all, we didn't think it would be right to kind of put episodes well, I, out there yeah it's i mean weird. we, we did record weird. one episode with our friend farah yes. a couple of days after the explosion we felt we needed to have somebody from back home just share with us how they were feeling as expats we needed to explore that mm-hmm. but after that even though we had a few episodes pre-recorded we just didn't didn't feel right no. to release it like you said it didn't feel right it felt like having conversations about with coaches just felt something like First world Out problem. Out of place, first world problems. And it's so much more than the explosion of August 4th. Like, I think that was the pressure cooker that literally exploded, for lack of a better word. Um, and then there's an economic crisis, and there might be a food shortage if there's not yet. There's a hyperinflation. So it just felt, we felt guilty. Yeah, it has. An, an and a, sad. And sad. I think uh, we both were very sad this, this last month. And, and, yeah, it's tough to see your home go through what it's going through. Um, and we just couldn't, I, I personally just couldn't sit in front of a microphone. And I couldn't pretend to be our happy-go-lucky selves that are doing who run the time and who run the world. Um, and we had some a few good cries. Yeah, so we felt the need to take a break. Yeah. Um, yeah, we cried yeah. a bit, a lot. Well, never at the same time, though. If I were to give anyone advice, is find a friend. <laughs> who doesn't cry at Nay, <laughs> a best friend. Who you will pass on the sadness torch. Mm. F- from, because when it first happened, I was sad in chief. <laughs> yeah, that's a 
lovely new yes. job title. Thank you. Yeah, and I was the one being like, no, let's we see, let's raise money, and, let's talk to these people, let's whatever. Exactly. And, and then, then you became like chief executive officer of this movement. Yes. And like reached out to people all over the world. Well, so did you with INSEAD. Yeah, but I'm just saying like the movement then like was passed on to you and then I felt useless and like yes. and not doing enough. Can I tell the story? I don't know which one, but go ahead. So Marilyn sent me a picture in the 40 degree heat of Dubai, she was sitting in her garden with Millie. Mm. And I was like, what's going on? Yeah. And so we came over and we cried. Marilyn was sad in chief. <laughs> and I then sad in chief. And then once Marilyn got her shit together. Marilyn cried. And then Rhea let loose. Oh, Rhea let loose because Rhea put too much on her plate. Rhea tried to do a lot. Um, whether it's raising money for St. George's Hospital, whether it was trying to get paths to Lebanon, whether, you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying this. Um, no, but like you literally took on 17 missions. Mm-hmm. And they're still going, which is great. But Rhea learned how to delegate. And yeah. To give it I only took on one in yeah. contrast. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to focus on one thing yes. at a time. Yeah. Uh, and so my focus was on fundraising with INSEAD mm. and we raised a little over $100,000 for the Red Cross. By the way, we still need to get the gold of the Georgetown one. So if you haven't donated yet, please go visit our GoFundMe page and yeah. donate. And for those of you who don't know, um, the St. George Hospital was in the blast area, like really close to the port. And it was one of the hospitals that was really destroyed oh, by, yeah. it uh, was by rendered, the explosion. Like it was out of commission right when the... Yeah, um, the explosion happened. And since then, it has reopened its door, but at like very minimum capacity. So mm-hmm. they need the money. In a, your own words, how would you describe your coping mechanism in the last month? I don't know. My coping mechanism was kind of thrown in disarray, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually the person who like you know deals with her trauma by getting busy. I'm the kind of person who only acknowledges her sense of loss and sadness way much later. Like, mm-hmm. I get busy first until the problem is solved. And once it's solved, I get upset. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, the reason why it was thrown in this array is I really just didn't, couldn't see how it was going to get solved anytime soon. Not to say that it won't ever get solved. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like I've lost hope, but um, it just didn't feel like it was going to happen anytime soon. And... It's, it's funny, Tala reminds me of this because the first video I saw of the explosion, Tala and I were sitting exactly actually where you and I are sitting right now, face to face as we are now. And I'm in this like uh, WhatsApp group with a bunch of people from mm. Lebanon and someone shared the video of the explosion. The bi- the... Yes, but so it wasn't just the cloud. It was at the moment where the explosion had actually occurred, like the mushroom yeah. cloud thing. And Tala and I were watching and we didn't quite know what was going to come, right? Like, But it also didn't seem real. When yeah, you and people say, video. oh, it's an explosion. And you're like, oh, okay, we've had dozens of those, you know, like mm. whatevs. But this one we watched and like we physically got off our chairs. Mm. Like, phys- it, it, You've never told me this. Yeah, I don't mm. think I have. Um, it literally felt like the cloud had come off of my phone mm. and we just, we could we were, our bodies just mm. moved. 
and that's the, that's the scale at which this kind of it just it goes through your body and it and not in the same way that it does for people who are in Lebanon for sure but it's still your city it's where your memories are it's where the people you love are um, you know you have stories around every corner of the destruction area mm. in addition to the stress of like calling people and seeing if you know they're alive or not and I remember calling my husband's sister and her daughter had been sitting on a couch and the glass window like missed her by 10 centimeters and she was she she couldn't make sense like she mm. was she was yelling and I didn't know what she was saying I couldn't tell if anyone was hurt I had to be like listen is anybody hurt like I just need to know and mm. just those moments and then I just couldn't use my usual approach I couldn't just be like let me fix this because I couldn't fix anything because it's not a usual situation right so Yeah, my coping mechanism went in strange places. Um, there was a couple of weeks where at work, I just couldn't work. And I have my own business to run. Mm. And I told my team, like, I'm so sorry. Mm. I don't feel productive. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not thinking straight. Mm. I need to cancel a few meetings. I just couldn't function. Mm. And then I think magically your brain is kind of equipped to deal with trauma and it fixes itself. But also you talked about it. And, and I wanted to just to add, I talked to this um, therapist who's um, specialized in trauma. And maybe we'll actually have her on. We discussed having her on on the podcast. And she said that when you see the blast happening or when you hear of it, and especially if it's of a place that was our home, mm -hmm. your body reacts chemically as if you were there. Really? Yes. I so that's that. what that was probably... When you got up, because you are in fight or flight mode, right? As well, and so physically, what's happening inside, you're feeling the same thing. But then it's weird because then you're removed because you're not there, so you don't have anywhere to take that adrenaline and right. And There's no resolution. No, there isn't. There's um, no I'm alive because that everything that's is fascinating. So I think that's probably and it's that that image you said of, of both of you getting up because. It, it felt too it strong. It felt there, and you probably felt that trauma of, oh, shit, this happened, but then you're okay, but then you say, wait, and then you have no information. Because mm. I think the people who were there saw, and you could act. That's brilliant. I didn't know that. Mm. How about you, Rayos? Well, I'm going to take us back to, to also when it happened. I was actually getting dressed, and we were going to have dinner. And I was in my new apartment. My friend Nadia, who... I had spoken to her on the phone 10 minutes before. She was going to go take a walk near my parents' house. And she messaged me there was an explosion. I'm dying. She was uh, in shock. She was far away from the blast. My parents live far away from the blast. She said, call your parents now. And then I was half-dressed, and I just started pacing around my apartment. My, I don't have a big apartment, so mm. I would go to the bedroom, to the living room, and I would start calling, and no one was answering. My mom, my dad, my brother, no one was answering. And then I saw the video. And for those of you who don't know Beirut, like, we could have been there. Like, oh, yeah. Not, not that we could have been there. Like, anyone could have been affected by it who lives in Beirut or its, in, its vicinity. Like, that road by the port is a road I took every day to go home. Like, I drove there every single day. Yeah. And I kept thinking, I'm like, oh, I'm like, for sure my brother is there. For sure my mom was running an errand. And no one was answering. And then the first person who I could finally get through to was my aunt, whose mm. house, all the windows were broken. And she was at home. And she knew something was happening. And 
didn't know where her kids were, my cousins were. And so I called her and I'm screaming, she's screaming. I'm like, where are my parents? And she's like, I don't know. I was like, where's Anthony? Where's my brother? I don't like, she's like, I don't know. And it's just like, couldn't, in the similar way, I was like, where are they? Like, I need to know where they Mm -hmm. are. And for 10 minutes, I had no idea where anyone from my family was. And then finally, my brother was like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) So he was at home. My mom was at the hairdresser and my dad was at the gym. And thankfully, and thankfully, my cousins are okay. My aunt had to live with my parents for, for a week or 10 days. Everyone is physically okay. But the same thing happened physically was just... You took it in. Took it in. Um, and then I think for the first 24 hours, 48 hours, I don't think I understood. And then I felt this like current in my body. And I couldn't shake it. Mm. I couldn't shake it, I couldn't shake it, and I was holding it together, holding it together, making sure everyone was okay, talking to people in Lebanon, as we all do, making sure everyone here was okay. And then one day, it was on Tuesday, it just came out. Like, I broke How did down. it come out? Um, I was talking to someone, and um, this person asked a lot of questions. I broke down, I cried for an hour. But it wasn't that pretty cry, it was the like... Were you ugly crying? Yeah, it was ugly crying. Like Kim Kardashian? Like Kim Kardashian when she lost her earring. And I would have nightmares and all these different things. So, so yeah. How to co- I think coping, like I realized just talking about it. Boxing, you guys, gets that current out. What's, like, oh, bo- kickboxing. Bo- kickboxing. I thought boxing was another like fascinating therape- therapeutic technique no, or something. No, And also lean on your, your people. I think that also helps. Yeah, I mean, it was another one that was really almost forcing us to talk to one another not you and me but I mean like as a community Mm. it was the amount of bad dreams everybody was having Mm. and I think each of us kind of had bad dreams about some of their own past traumas Mm. like your dreams are always about you having to be rushed to the hospital for whatever reason I've never been had to go to the hospital before yeah my dreams are always about being um, attacked by a man Mm. always Mm. like it's kind of this trauma kind of just brings that specific trauma Mm. into focus Mm. and those are the dreams that come back and Mm. I think the dreams are also forcing you to talk about how you feel in a way because you could say yeah I had a weird dream yesterday you know because we 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 would often instead of asking each other how do you feel because we kind of knew the answer Mm. to that we had to revert to alternative questions like how did you sleep what did you eat Uh, how was the gym session or whatever it is that people were doing and so having those dreams instead of saying you know i really feel like shit i can't deal with my day we would say i had a really bad dream and Mm. somehow that would be a good segue into Mm. being able to talk about it i would say like dreams are really beautiful therapeutic Mm. objects and they're so great at preparing you for bad things Mm. to come um so i find that dreams are a really nice survival and like strength mechanism Mm -hmm. and i found it kind of reassuring that everybody was having really bad nightmares. It was hilarious. Yeah. Like every single person was having strange some sort dreams. of strange dream. Oh my god. Like the the latest one was like I was in surgery as always. But my hologram <laughs> while That's was, right. was like out and about and of course for some reason whenever there's surgery involved during the dream because I'm always handing you like my life secrets <laughs> my to key. Make, for you to like make sure to like posthumously knock on when that never happens for you to like sort it all out for me (laughs) 
but things did start getting like our I think you're right like our brain kind of shifted and whoever is listening to this if you're Lebanese if you're not Lebanese if you're going through whatever I think my number one advice is, is to lean on something someone like I don't yeah. think if it wasn't for like our community here mm. there's not that many of us like no but the close friends that you could yeah. have these open conversations with or even just like go sit on a beach and look at the sea and just yeah just whatever you know it's do something if that makes you feel better as well whether it's raising money or helping out or whatever it is whatever you find comfort and there's no shame in feeling because i think also there was a lot of guilt of like oh we weren't there so we shouldn't feel yes the expats always have this strange Um, relationships to those events so yeah so thank you for being there Ah, thank you for being there. And I think it's uh, also really great to have seen the, call it broadly, the wellness community also mm. come around that and particularly therapists mm. offering um, sessions and time and making everybody feel comfortable about needing their help. Yeah. And then there's a moment. There's another type of guilt, which is when do you go back to normal or caring about stuff that before? Yeah. I mean, I still haven't so... As many of you know, I'm permanent hunger on Instagram. I, I post about food a lot and I still haven't. Oh, say so, uh, my Instagram hasn't seen anything. I can't. The yeah. only things I've posted on Instagram since August 4 are reposts of yes. what is happening on the ground in Lebanon. Yeah. And, and I still don't know if I'm ready. Yeah, I, do, I mean, my brother called me the other day. He's like, can I post this? And I said, it feels strange. He said, I feel weird even wanting to post like a picture of a beach, you know. Mm. it's. But then... What I really, and as harsh as this might sound and as tough as it is to say it, and and I wasn't planning on saying this, but I think at some point you need to live your life. And and I'm not talking this in terms of Instagram. I'm talking this in more in terms of... Actual life. Actual life, whether it's work or caring about something else because we come from a place unfortunately that's always breaking our hearts mm-hmm. and that's always making us devastated and that's always like I was just talking to a friend of ours and she was saying how she was went through a lot in her life and she's the unluckiest lucky person because she doesn't know how she would if she was Lebanese on top of all of that <laughs> she would have been completely decimated and she said being Leban- Lebanese is just seems to be cursed and so making that difficult decision of saying like, hey, this fucking sucks. Yeah. But I still want to do around the world. Right. Like I remember waking up one day and being like, and I think I called you and I say like, mm-hmm. we need to go back. This is ridiculous. Like we can't just stop everything. It doesn't mean that we're not there for Lebanon. It doesn't mean that if some mobilization, if it was needed is not going to be from us, it's not going to be given. But at some point, you need to... Return to normal life. No, I agree. And and definitely, like, recording this is us saying, okay, here's a statement. We we want to try and, well, as far as who around the world comes, mm. just um, reconnect where we left off. Mm. Um, it sounds silly. I mean, we, we sat down and we're like, okay, well, our next episode is a mindfulness <laughs> exercise or whatever it is and it was amazing when we experienced it and even till this day when we tell the story of that experience Mm. with our coach Mm. uh, when we retell it to others we and 
we remember how wonderful that mm. exercise was. And we debated for a long time whether we could repost it now or if we would sound like superficial <laughs> idiots. But the truth is, yeah, I mean, we cared about this a month ago and there, there's no reason we, we would have stopped caring about this now. Mm. I don't know. I don't like. I don't know when I'll come to you and say, Rhea, I think we need to do another episode about Lebanon. And I know that Who Run the World isn't about that, but it's always been a channel for for us to discuss how we look at the world as you know strong, independent women. And sometimes that means crying over our lost nation, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, and so we decided it was time. And it did take us longer than a lot of other people somehow. Uh, and we're sorry about that. If you, I know a few of you messaged us and said, like, where's yeah. my next episode? Yeah, and um, I think um, it's not going to be perfect. Nothing ever is. But we are. What are you talking about? I'm flawless. My, so are you. First of all, my editing is flawless. <laughs> that makes both of us sound flawless. But no, but what I meant to say is that a lot of the times we all don't know what we're doing. And we're trying to do our best and we're going to continue to try to try or do our best, whether it's, as you said, when we need to shed light on our nation, we will shed light on it. But we're going to keep on keeping on and, and finish up season four and start up season five and bring you more stories from women in the region and tell you our stories. And and that's that. Do some silly who run the times. and but that's who we are that's our full selves and i think it took us a while to remember that and now we yeah. do and we're ready to go and we hope uh, you are too and actually as we release this episode go back to your queue because uh, you'll see the new episode as well yes there. so we're releasing part one mm. of our next session uh, with our coach it's a episode of a lot of firsts mm -hmm. can you guess which ones i don't know can i guess do one? you want to reveal something i will leave the reveal the um most intriguing aspect aspect what is it it's the first time we have a dude on the show <laughs> by the way the dude. the dude he will love being called a dude so hello dudes this one's for you no i'm joking <laughs> no Never so for you. it is and it did it also took us a lot it took me a long time to agree to have a man on the show you'll see listen to the episode yeah. i think you did an amazing job and as uh, we joke around in the introduction i think to that episode he's quite in touch with his feminine side too so um, he was not a dude <laughs> in that sense um but yeah we are going to release this episode along with the first part of our mm -hmm. recording with ayub and um and honestly if you are not feeling well today go ahead and listen to that mm. episode and especially part two i think which yeah. we'll release next week um they really help us to feel like we reconnect with where we are right now and how we feel about the world and maybe it's a good exercise to lighten your load do it with a friend you always lighten my load luli i know except when i feed you how very logical of you <laughs> reos you always lighten mine which makes me wonder where do where does the load go i don't know It evaporates. Because we both lighten each other's loads, which means no one's carrying it. If you, okay, mental image, ready? Mental image, shoot, give me a metaphor. You're at a Greek wedding. Yeah. Right? And you okay. know how they take the plates and they shatter them to the ground? Totes. So our loads are those plates where they're shattered and they're swept away and they're gone. Ah. So that's what it is. I thought it was going to be a Windex metaphor, Greek weddings. You know. No, that's the movie I'm talking about. <laughs> Reality. Yes. All right. So that's the, the metaphor of the day for you guys. 
Rhea is, is strong with the metaphors. The force is strong with this one. And by this one, I mean myself. All right, Rhea. On this cheeky note. I'm doing better, guys, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> On this wonderful cheeky note, Rayos, let us sign our listeners off. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to us. Um, my name is Marilyn. I'm your host of Who Run the World, and I'm joined by the wonderful, amazing, load lighting, <laughs> lightning. What's the word I'm looking for? Rayos. Um, we just want to wrap up a few things. We're going to add a couple of donation links um, in, the show notes. in the show notes. I don't know if you guys even know this, and honestly, I don't think we even bothered bothered and i'm gonna say it talking about it because we were, i think we just couldn't take more but mm. there was another fire yeah. um in the port last On september week? 10th is it two days ago only mm. yeah see my brain is like i turned off blurring my, like everything. when i saw it i like posted a couple things about it red and then and then i, I which couldn't. is another interesting thing to explore with a therapist one day but my brain is switching that one off but what we do know is that some of the um damages were to um where like a warehouse where the Lebanese Red Cross stores some of their items so we will link uh, for you to be able to donate directly to them mm. uh, if you can please please do uh, we can also link to all all sorts of other donation mechanisms mm. and particularly Rea's uh, fundraising campaign for St. George's Hospital I guess that's it please listen to us listen to our next episode give us your feedback if you think we're full of shit let us know if you think we should go back in hiding for another month or if you think we should just um, eat more shawarma keep, keep on keeping on and definitely eat more shawarma on the mic please let us know too follow us on who run the world pod on instagram and if you want us to I don't know talk about something particular if you'd like to be on our show if you think somebody else should be on our show please email us at say hi at who run the world podcast.com we really love it when we get to hear from y'all and uh we love you and we hope you're all safe and sane and that the ptsd is getting better and if you need to chat or a hug or anything at all you know where to reach us I'm at Permanent Hunger on Instagram and Rhea's at Raisin, R-H-E-Y-Z-I-N. Please reach out to us and we're really happy to be back. Stay safe, everybody. Love ya. Bye.